Hey, you beautiful dice goblins, and welcome to the Goblins and Growlers podcast. If you like what you're hearing, come check us out over at patreon.com slash goblinsgrowlers, where you can find all original adventures, monsters, items, and traps, as well as bonus episodes for our actual play podcast, Quid Pro Roll, and so much more. And welcome to another episode of Goblins and Growlers Podcast. I'm Josh Multi at Black Cloak DM on Twitter. And I'm Brandon Dingus at Way of Brandalore. And today we're going to be talking about Fizban's Treasury of Dragons. Yeah, that new dragon book that's coming out in October. Josh, we've done some painstaking research to find out what's in this book. We've contacted everybody we know, sort of in the know publishing wise at Watsy and everything like that. So we've got the inside scoop, right? I just have a, a Reddit article from the D&D Next subreddit from a guy named JP underscore underscore. That's that's what I pulled up. Yeah. So, well, at least it saved us the trouble of having to write show notes for this. <laughs> I have that up and I also have the official wizards.com listing for Fizban's Treasury of Dragons. Ooh, you're a step ahead of me. Yeah, so we we have official and unofficial sources for this. So what do we what do we know about this dragon book? So I actually know a couple of things about this dragon book before even getting into the the subreddit post, which is that it is going to be clearly all about dragons, but specifically they're going to be reintroducing gem dragons, which I think haven't been in the game since three point five. I want to say that's true. Truly outrageous gem dragons. I don't know, man. They sound kind of cool to me. I'm excited for it. And then the other thing they're doing is they're going to add things like some subclasses to Dragon, like or not subclasses, but additional heritage for Dragonborn. They're going to add some subclasses to, I believe, Ranger and Monk. That exhausts my knowledge before I start diving into this Reddit article. Yeah, I think we could just go sort of down the bullet points and talk about stuff. One thing I'll say about Gem Dragons, though... When I read that, the very first thing I thought was, this is fantastic because it's going to make adapting Final Fantasy VII to D&D so much easier for Ruby Weapon and Emerald Weapon. (laughs) Of course, that's the first place you went. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, so I guess what counts as a gem? Is it going to be like an Onyx Dragon, a Ruby Dragon, Emerald Dragon? So I'm pretty sure, oh man, Alex would know way better on this than I would. If I recall correctly, there were Quartz Dragons, Ruby, Sapphire, Emerald, and Diamond. I don't know about beyond that, and I also don't know for this book in particular, are they bringing all of those? Are they bringing some of those? Are they bringing different? Like, I don't know. I will be furious if a Quartz Dragon does not hatch out of a geode. (laughs) Shouldn't they all hatch out of geodes? No, like a diamond dragon should hatch out of coal or something like that. Diamond dragons are all Appalachian because they come out of ancient coal mines. All diamond dragons have southern accents confirmed. Yeehaw. The gem dragons interest me just because like I've never been huge into like draconic lore or anything like that. I think I've talked to you about this. Like I actually prefer my tabletop games to take place in a bit more of a grounded world, uh, lower levels and stuff like that, because I think there's the risk is a little bit more understandable rather than going up against like epic evil i'm probably sort of outside the norm on that but anyway all that to say 
I'm just not like huge on dragons and I don't really know a whole lot about them. But hey, the idea of gem dragons is cool as far as I'm concerned. If they can be made of bronze, why can't they be made of rubies? Yeah, I mean, as a person who is in a long term relationship with someone who created an entire world all about dragons that we could then do silly D&D shenanigans in, dragons have become more important to me as time has gone on. I always thought dragons were pretty cool, but I had not considered the depth that dragons could hold, which is very, very deep. There's a lot of depth that could be there. There's a lot of depth I got just from reading these bullet points on this, like that I was not expecting. So that's interesting. But one one thing I thought was neat about this, and there are a couple of parts of this post that play into it, was about how it's not just about dragons in Faerun or dragons in Greyhawk or dragons in Dark Sun or something like that. It's the dragon cinematic multiverse, basically, where it's talking about all the different kinds of dragons available in all the different D&D worlds. Yeah, it's going to be a book that's less about a specific setting and more about how can you use dragons more effectively in all worlds? And what what are the sorts of dragon expansions that most players probably haven't thought of? For instance, uh, something, I can't remember if this was in UA or what, but some folks on the Discord were talking about elder brain dragons recently. Did Samus kill all of them? <laughs> No, I believe Elder Brain in reference to the Illithid leader creature, which is horrifying, by the way, a dragon that is also highly influential over Illithid. I'm not about it. Yeah, that's like hats on hats. <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, I'm concerned about how that that one in particular is going to play out. But I think there's some other kinds of like, oh, you know what? If I had scrolled down at all in this Reddit post, I would have seen the five types of gem dragons listed. Amethyst, crystal, emerald, sapphire, and topaz. You can make some nice jewelry with that. I want to know what crystal counts as, as a, like, gem dragon. Like, what? It's a gem dragon that your grandmother has in her, like, china cabinet <laughs> that she never takes out. Yeah, it's a, it's a really nicely cut glass dragon. <laughs> so, I know... Oh, and they have psionic attacks. Yes. Which suggests to me that Wizards is once again back on that psionics train and hoping to make it work in 5e, which they have not really successfully done as of yet. They'll get there eventually. Like, they were able to simplify things so much in 5e that at some point somebody has to come up with simplified psionics rules that everybody can understand and appreciate yeah probably i just know mystic wasn't it <laughs> that's all i know <laughs> no it wasn't but talking about like all the different dragons and all the different worlds it basically is like a multiverse the way it's being described like in the the lore section on this post like every dragon has like a version or echo of itself on another world in the prime material plane so like there's only like one platonic ideal of like dragon x y or z and they have a related mirror image on another world and they can develop their dragon sight to communicate with them in sort of a dreamlike netherworld 
And then like Voltron or a, or like a Power Rangers Zord, they can coalesce with their mirror images and form a, like a massive great worm, which is more powerful than an ancient dragon and uses mythic monster rules. So when you want to take things beyond your level 20 campaign, there you go. When you've homebrewed rules so that you've got the old 2E, you never stop leveling. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Something like a Great Worm and these sort of extra dimensional origins really make it seem like it's trying to be a non-horror sort of fantasy equivalent to like the great old ones in the Cthulhu mythos. These like wild and unknowable energies of creation. That's still pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't, I didn't mean it as a burn. Like, it it is pretty cool. I think it's interesting, too, the way that they're sort of branding this book as Fizban's Treasury of Dragons, putting someone's name on it. Got Volo's Guide to Monsters or Mordenkainen's Tome of Foes uh, and stuff like that. I think it's interesting and it's cool the way they end up incorporating that stuff with like little notes and references throughout the book from this fictional person who's studying it. But I'll tell you, when I heard the announcement for this and saw the name Fizban, my first thoughts immediately were to the fictional, like the double fictional game of Fizbin from Star Trek, the original series that Kirk invented on a gangster planet to get him and Spock out of jail. <laughs> I was thinking of uh, Fizbang would be a pretty good name for a gnome. Yeah, it actually it does not say even on the official site that Fizban is not a gnome. So maybe maybe their middle initial is G, so they can really be Fizbang. Fizbang G fabulous. Oh my word. But yeah, like the official product listing for it on the wizard site is uh I don't know, it it's written very nice and uh floridly, like meet Fizban the Fabulous, doddering archmage, unlikely hero of the War of the Lance, divine avatar of a dragon god, and your guide to the mysteries of dragonkind and Dungeons of Dragons. What's the difference between a red dragon and a gold dragon? What is dragon sight? How does the magic that suffuses dragons impact the world around them? So it's basically D&D presents dragons, colon, the Wikipedia page. I mean, there's a part of me. So the thing I've noticed with wizards is they tend to get a little wild with their UA stuff right out of the gate. Like when they were sea mystics, sea mystics, when they were first talking about like twilight clerics and things like that. I don't know. Sometimes they're really cool concepts that seem like they could use a little bit more utility, but very frequently I'm like, holy crap, you guys, you expect someone to run this at their table and not have it be broken? (laughs) I mean, that's the whole point. It's to get us to figure out what's broken for them and give them feedback. It's so they don't have to pay anybody. Right, right, right. I'm just saying the amount of stuff that's in here, I hope the playtest team was really good because I sure as hell did not see most of this come through UA. You hope that I got news for you if you hope the playtest team was really good. Oh, no. You know the answer to that. Listen, wizards, if you need a playtest team like Brandon and I are right here. We're right here. We're right here. Listen here, here, wizards. Listen here. So the book's broken down sort of uh, kind of in the same way that a lot of these supplement books have been done like a like stats like a bestiary kind of thing a section for dms and then a section for player options split up sort of roughly into thirds and you know i got to say i do prefer that way of doing things versus the old like 3 and a half and 4e like player's handbook player's handbook 2 player's handbook 3 like at least these releases have something for everybody and it's very easy 
to crap on Wizards release schedule and the things that they decide to release, but I think they're at least being a little bit more I'm going to use the word inclusive, but I don't mean that in a good way. I mean it in the business way of uh, they're trying to make a product that appeals to the different sectors of their audience, which I, I think is good. It makes me feel more comfortable spending that kind of money on the book. Well, it makes it clear that the intent is for this to be one book purchased for your entire group. Not everyone in the group needs to go purchase this book. Yeah. And then the DM tools it talks about in there, like... A bunch of dragon lair maps, which could actually be pretty cool because I've never stopped to think. And this is probably me and just my general lack of interest largely in a lot of dragon related stuff. But uh, like, how does a dragon lair differ from just, you know, a large, complicated cave system or whatever? I guess you got different kinds of dragons. They could be doing different kinds of things. I guess if there was a big enough geode, one dragon could probably use that for their lair. Oh, that'd be so cool. Yeah, so I don't know. So that's interesting to me. It's got uh, personality trait tables, uh, new regional effects, which I'm guessing, because I don't know, but like, are they talking about like different regions of weather or biomes or something like that and related draconic effects to that? That would be my guess. I would also suspect that when we start talking about things, elder brain dragons or Draco hydras both of which are mentioned as things that are coming as part of the book, you probably need a fairly specific region that those exist within. Yeah, my problem is I'm not thinking fourth dimensionally. <laughs> now you're thinking with portals. <laughs> they got new lair actions. Lair actions and legendary actions are awesome. And even bears should have stuff like that if your party's getting unruly. So that's exciting. Bears should have lair actions, if you think about it. Hibernaculum actions. <laughs> I'm just trying to think of, like, what lair actions would be for a bear. And it's like, rest to recover hit points more quickly than most creatures would. Extra loud roars, I guess. Like, it's a cave. <laughs> you need to create a stat block for a legendary bear. We'll call him Legendberry. And it's got tables for dragon hordes, which is nice because... I mean, it's nice as long as there's going to be some really wild stuff in there. If we're talking about like an elder brain dragon or something like that, what is their dragon horde? Like their dragon horde is going to be like knowledge. It's going to be like all kinds of uh, abstract stuff. I was thinking it'd just be a big old pile of brains. They're not. A, it's not a zombie dragon. That would be cool, though. I mean, illithids eat brains. That's part of their whole thing. Yeah, but brains are going to rot. Oh, uh, I guess that's true. Maybe it puts them in jars so it can preserve them. Oh, you know, that made, that made me think of something. You know how, like, uh, I'm going to say regular dragon, like a regular, like, red dragon or something like that. They say that in between dragon scales, they have, like, gold and jewels that have just gotten, like, crunched up in there from them being on top of their hoard all the time. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So would, like, a gem dragon have meat or something like that in its scales? Gem dragons don't sleep on hordes of treasure. They sleep on hordes of meat. <laughs> it's just a. it looks like a big pile of roast beef. Just like that's what the dragon hangs out on. The jerky dragon. Oh, yeah. Snap into a horde. The thing I'm hoping for. I realize it's a little early to know whether or not this is going to be the case. But 
The thing I'm hoping for is that there's going to be hordes of, as you suggested, unusual things, but that it'll be things that dragons are not known for, like books or cats or... (laughs) A Collier Brothers dragon. It's a horde of newspapers. A horde of newspapers and booby traps. (laughs) (laughs) Talks a lot about some Dragonlance stuff, which makes sense. So... Yeah, because Fizban fought in the War of the Lance. I haven't heard anything about Dragonlance in decades, I don't feel like. I remember I read some of the Dragonlance novels back in the day, but it seems to be sort of kind of like Spelljammer and, to a large extent, Dark Sun. One of those, like, semi-abandoned properties that wizards never really did much with. Yeah, I feel like there's been books written in that universe Within the last decade or so, but it's not a universe that I've followed closely enough to know for sure. But I'm just talking strictly about, like, gaming supplements and things like that. I do not recall any prominent release of anything like that in a long time. I could be wrong, but I just don't. I haven't seen anything that I can think of, which suggests to me that if there is stuff like that, that it's been either released third party, or it's been the Draco Spear universe... (laughs) Where their slogan is, it's just different enough for copyright reasons. (laughs) Instead of Kender, they have Kinder. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Tasselhoff Burr Hand instead of Tasselhoff Burr Foot. Oh, it does say that we'll learn about the lairs and hordes of each type of dragon and how the hordes focus the magic that suffuses dragons and connects them to the myriad worlds of the material plane. Oh, God, this just sounds more rad the more we read. Maybe. Like, I'm reading that and I'm hearing like 50% rad, 50% same old. Okay, layers and hordes of each type of dragon. That's awesome. How their particular hordes focus the magic that suffuses them. That's cool. And connects them to the myriad worlds of the material plane. Well, okay, that tells me that we're not going to have a dragon like has a horde of robots or something like that. If you had a like a clockwork dragon that hoarded robots and had their own army of them, like those clay Chinese soldiers. Brandon, I'm going to tell you, you're talking about the terracotta army. I'm going to tell you right now, if we want a clockwork dragon that hoards robots, we just got to make that, man. We can't rely on wizards to bring such dreams to reality. We got we to gotta be willing to take fate into our own hands. I guess what I'm saying is, I would like to maintain a glimmer of hope that they're going to do something really silly instead of take their fantasy seriously all the time, which Wizards is wont to do. I do feel like there's not enough silly in the Wizards universe right now. I don't know if that's an intentional move or if it's just that their writers are not particularly silly focused. Once again, Wizards, uh, if you guys need somebody to come in and write silly stuff for you, like Brandon and I have a good track record. We invented a lich who's a failing businessman, so... He runs a series of theme parks and haunted houses. Yeah, just, you know, just get at us. That's all I'm saying. Uh... (laughs) (laughs) At Black Cloak DM, at Way of Brandalore. I'm not saying we'll give up goblins and growlers. I'm just saying we might have room on the side for you. That's all I'm saying. All right, let's jump through the rest of these bullet points here. We got character options coming up next. So there's uh, like a Drake Warden Ranger which I guess is some draconically specific uh, woodland character. I think the idea of the Drake Warden is supposed to be that it is a character that's particularly good at tracking and locating dragons. 
Oh my god, what's that thing in the sky burning the towns? The Drake Warden just appears out of the shadows like, Been hunting that one for 32 days. Nice job, Bill. <laughs> Do better next time. <laughs> Ascendant Dragon Monk. That I don't know what to make of. That, I think... Oh, you know what? I bet there's a UA for that. Oh, I should have I should have checked and seen. Because mm-hmm. when I hear the word Ascendant, that makes me think that this is a dragon monk that can sort of slip the bonds of their mere corporeal body and bust you up on the astral plane. Oh, that's the D&D wiki. Oh, here we go. Way of the Ascendant Dragon. I got it. There is a UA for this. All right, so... Monks who follow the way of the Ascendant Dragon revere the power and grandeur of dragons. They alter their own key to resonate with draconic might, channeling it to augment their prowess in battle, soar through the air, and to bolster their allies. As a follower of this monastic tradition, you decide how you unlocked the power of dragons through your key. The Ascendant Dragon origin table offers some possibilities. I'm not going to get into those, because that's less interesting to me. But... They're doing things like you can imbue your unarmed strikes with the essence of a dragon's breath and then also magnify your presence so that if you fail charisma or uh, intimidation or persuasion checks, you can use your reaction to re-roll the check as you tap into the mighty presence of dragons. Well, that's cool. I don't usually play monks. I play like a third of a monk, but that sounds neat. I guess it would depend on the description of some of those things. I think that's fair. I just haven't read the UA, and that's my fault. I hadn't considered the UA might exist until we started talking about it, and then tried to stealthily type it on in there, which hopefully the editor didn't have too much fun with. You could do you could do a breath weapon that's either a 20-foot cone or a 30-foot line. Mm-hmm. You can, let's see, get wings at 6th level. Okay. You can gain an aspect of the worm, which your draconic key radiates from you and protects allies and harms foes. And basically, your allies get an aura of resistance against a chosen damage type. And then when your allies are attacked, the attacking creature ends up taking damage from that damage type. Okay. I mean, I wasn't saying I didn't think it was useful. I was just trying to understand exactly what it entailed. Oh, that's fair. And then the final thing for it is that at 17th level, uh, you gain blind sight out to 30 feet. When you damage a creature with your Breath of the Dragon, the energy clings to the target, and they take damage at the start of each of their turns until it makes a successful save. And then finally, when you activate the aspect of the worm which is the aura that we were talking about just a little bit ago, you have Draconic Fury that explodes from you, and any creatures you can see within your aura that you choose take 40-10 of damage type of your choice. That's a lot. I mean, it's it's, it's a 17th level ability, so it it needs to be a lot to be effective, but that is a bit of a, like... At that point, you're almost ready to fight the Great Worm. I was just thinking you'll be the greatest goblin den clearer of all time. You just like run through the entire den and they're like, ah, get them. And then you get all the way to the heart of it. You wait for them to like really dogpile on you. You cast that spell and just eliminate all of them in one fell swoop. 
you go back to the town where you started your adventure all those years ago and a farmer's like, young man, rats have infested my basement. I need some adventurers to clear them out. And then all of a sudden the town's not there anymore. <laughs> Just a, it, it zooms way out and there's a single mushroom cloud that erupts from the horizon. All right. We also got new draconic ancestries for Dragonborn, chromatic gem and metallic, new feats, which it'll be interesting to see what those are, because I'm imagining they're dragon related. New spells. And it says most of them have been previewed in UA. So I guess there'll be some new ones in there as well. I imagine they're not all dragon themed because that would be hitting it a little hard. Uh, new magic items, which is always fun. And horde items. Magic items that become more powerful when they're steeped in a dragon's horde. So I guess steeped is kind of the right word there. You just let them sit there and just sort of absorb it like a tea bag or something like that. And they can change characteristics based on which dragon horde it's found in. So admit, let's say that you have like an, a magic axe that's a horde item and you leave it in the clockwork dragon's horde and it becomes a, like a robot axe after it absorbs all those characteristics and energy. And then it's like sentient and it's like why have i been created and you're like to cut things in half and it's like that sounds dope i got to ask you a question what is my purpose <laughs> then we got age variants of dragon turtles there's some mythic monster rules there aspects of the dragon gods bahamut and tiamat and there's supposed to be like a little bit of lore about how they sort of created the material plane in there dragon minions uh, they all have goggles on and overalls, tiny drakes, wyverns, dracohydra, elderbrain dragon, uh, dragon-sized horde mimic, which is terrifying. That sounds really awful. Just massively awful. Yeah, that's... Did you ever, did you ever see Spaceballs? Yes. I'm thinking, like, when I imagine this, it's like a life-size, like a giant pizza the hut that just all of a sudden opens their eyes and mouth and you're like, ah, it's like a big pile of gold, like Scrooge McDuck's money bin that all of a sudden gets eyes and eats you. Yeah, I mean, I feel like if gold could just turn into monsters, Scrooge McDuck would be way less excited to just dive on into it. That's how Flintheart Glomgold is going to eventually kill Scrooge one day. He's going to replace the money bin with uh, a horde mimic. That sounds about right. Yeah. And that's about it for, you know, there's deep dragons and moonstone dragons. But but other than that, that's about it for all the bullet points that were there on that. Uh, and then it goes on to talk about stuff that we don't quite know. Again, just uh, thanks to you slash JP underscore underscore on the D&D Next subreddit for doing our work for us. No mention of uh, Draconic Options Cobalt Race from UA. So it may or may not be in there. Uh, no mention of Hobgoblins either. 15 dragon types, probably be 5 gem, 5 chromatic, and 5 metallic, because uh, there's supposed to be like 20 different dragon types. So the other 5 might be like moonstone dragons or deep dragons and stuff like that. That'd be my guess. I would also guess that you've got some things. The elder brain dragon seems like something that's a little offbeat. I suspect the deep dragon will be related to the elder brain dragon, because those both sound kind of like underdark creatures. Right. Hard to say for sure. Maybe they'll be like abyssal plane creature, like the deep dragon will be an abyssal plane creature. Uh, it's so hard to say. I am keen on this, though, because I think it'll be an interesting way to expand kind of what we've got available to us and give us a little more tools to play with, which I think 
that's my favorite kind of expansion book is one where it's like it doesn't matter what the setting is just bring in these elements and play with them yeah there's also some images linked on here and like one of them is a like great dragon turtle and it's just this image of this massive thing just sort of coming out of the ocean and it's terrifying it's like worse than a tarasque uh you got some gem dragons just sort of chilling out around a fire there's a blue a purple and a green and it's interesting because like their horns and stuff are disconnected from their heads and are floating around good lord like little bits of like uh gemstone uh let's see then there's a big silver great worm which is just ridiculous this this image of the silver great worm looks like something i would have had on my wall as a teenager as a poster yeah, this looks like a Trapper Keeper cover to me. And then there's like a picture of Fizbin who looks like Ian McKellen's Gandalf if he wore green and cut his beard. Yeah, kind of. You got a, got a bit of that vibe. I note that they cut him off at the uh, the shoulders there, so you can't tell whether or not he's a gnome. Because I don't know. He could still be. Fizbin G. <laughs> so yeah, so that's pretty much what's known about this book right now uh, i'm actually kind of looking forward to it even though i'm not too huge on the dragon lore but it should be cool and also it's like 224 pages so it's about on par with uh, van richten's guide to ravenloft which is you know kind of like the standard size these days for these supplement books yeah i think the fact that it's mostly tools i think it's the part that i'm the most excited about because don't talk about the authors like that <laughs> dang cold-blooded just like a dragon. <laughs> well, maybe. I don't know. It could depend on the dragon. Maybe elder brain dragons are warm-blooded. No, what I was going to say is just like, I really like having more utility stuff for my own games. Because I frequently, when they make settings guides, I will just borrow stuff from that settings guide. I rarely use the entire setting. Yeah, that's how I feel when I, like, when I bought Van Richten's. I'm probably never going to use these domains. They're all interesting, but I'm probably just going to pick and choose little bits from them. As I recall, that's kind of how both of us felt about Rime of the Frostmaiden, where it was like, God, this is a really cool setting with a lot of really cool stuff in it. The odds of us ever running Rime of the Frostmaiden, not super high. Yeah, definitely not. Well, all right. Uh, so that's that. So I guess we'll be back next week uh, to talk about some more stuff. We don't know what yet, but, you know, you'll see it in the podcast feed. <laughs> Hell yeah. Alright, I'm Brandon, Way of Brandalore on Twitter. And I'm Josh at Black Cloak DM on Twitter. Uh, and we're Goblins and Growlers, or at least some of Goblins and Growlers. And uh, this is the Goblins and Growlers podcast. Talk to you next week. Bye, y'all. Hey, all you great and gorgeous goblins. Uh, just a note we're planning on releasing episodes of the Goblins and Growlers podcast bi weekly for the time being, but we got plenty of content ready to go weekly. We just don't have time to edit it. If we were able to get the Patreon a bit higher, wink wink, we could pay a part-time audio engineer to edit these episodes for us and turn them around faster and get you weekly content. So, you know, I'm not telling you what to do, but <coughs> patreon.com slash goblinscrowlers. <coughs>